Hello everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of Glory to God on the Go. My name is Scott. Um, glad to spend this time with you and uh, we are going to uh, talk about some some really deep stuff today. So Pastor Frankie at our church, um, Celebration Church, talks about how there are a lot of pastors out there, how they uh, deliver a message, and it's really good. It's really good. But a lot of it is that sweet French vanilla, lots of sugar in your coffee type uh, sermons. And um, then you have your black coffee. And so I love that I got that from Pastor Frank because he, he's so good at delivering those messages and really making it mean uh, what, what he says. And, and you got to get that. Um, if you read the Bible, you're going to get um, the good parts. You're going to get the good stories. You're going to get the, the winning stories. But you're also going to get some parts of the Bible that hit home. And, uh, and maybe they hit really close to home. So today... We're going to talk about something that not a lot of people talk about, uh, but because last week we talked about salvation and uh, what is salvation? When, when Jesus came to the earth to save us, what did he come to do? He came to deliver us uh, from our sins. So when he came to uh, deliver us from our sins, uh, that means that he also um, gave us the ability to work through him to help others get saved and or get delivered, right? Uh, I am not talking about exorcisms or uh, I'm not talking about, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the movies that you see that are just are, are crazy. And, and maybe they happen, I don't know. But I'm not talking about that type of deliverance. What I'm talking about is that why do we need deliverance? Deliverance is an essential process uh, that probably all Christians need. Um, as a matter of fact, everybody needs it uh, because if we are living on this uh, earth and we're living a fleshy life, uh, there are things that get on us. There are um, spirits that get on us that we need to get rid of, right? Uh, so we need to be delivered to be set free from the parts of this world that hold us away and push us further from Jesus. And who is that? Well, I'm sure you can easily guess that is Satan, the devil. Um, he's got a million other names, the, the prince of this world, right? Um, this is where his domain is. And, and he, not only is the world his domain, but your mind is where he really gets you. So we're going to talk about quite a few things today. Now, Jesus won our freedom and again, delivered us when he was crucified up on the cross on Calvary. Bluntly said, deliverance is the driving out of evil spirits by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So there are many ways to do this, but we're going to talk about today the reasons why we get bound, the reasons why we allow the yoke to be put on us, the reasons why we allow the chains to be put on our wrists and to hold us back and to hold us away and keep us away from uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus, right? So Matthew 12, 43, 45, it says this, when an impulsive spirit comes out of a person, 
it goes through arid places seeking rest, and it does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. So that means when you get delivered and you've, you've moved beyond that, you've cleaned it up. You have decided that I'm going to not um, uh, walk in the flesh, but I'm going to walk in the spirit. Okay? Then, to carry on, then that spirit goes out and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. Now, what does that mean? That means you've been delivered or you've accepted Jesus into your heart, but you continue to do those sins. Remember the, the from last week, uh, we talked about the flagrant foul, right? The, rah, the beast mode flagrant foul. When you continue to do those sins over and over and over again, okay, after you've been saved, after you've accepted him into your heart, that spirit leaves and you feel great You feel great when you get saved, but then you go out and you start doing the same old sins that you always done. That spirit comes back and he comes back with some buddies and those friends and those, those other spirits, they come back worse and hard and, and, and it makes it harder to get delivered to get away from it again so the devil's got you by the ankle he's pulling you back down and you've got to fight that so i'm, I'm gonna finish it so the final condition of that person is worse than the first that is how it will be with this wicked generation despite what many people think deliverance is not about the demons it's not about the the the, the demons that get on you okay it's about being set free in the name of Jesus. The demons can go. We can get rid of those. We can fight them. That is why we put on the armor of God every morning, right? We put on the belt of truth, the buckle, uh, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. We take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and we fight off those demons. You know, the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, right? And we'll talk about the armor at another time. That's a great lesson, by the way, and we are going to talk about that. Oh, and by the way, today, I, I, last week, I said we were going to talk about, um, sorry about my rabbit trails. We were going to talk about the, the conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus, but the good Lord put this on my heart that we needed to talk about this. Since we just talked about salvation, we got to talk about deliverance, okay? So, um, so when we are delivered and when we kick those spirits in the teeth, right? Kick them in the shins, we get rid of them. Jesus is glorified and our lives change for the better because we have gotten rid of those. We cannot continue to crucify Jesus over and over and over again, meaning that we can't continue to sin and come back and say, sorry, I repent, you again, those flagrant fouls and continue to do it, continue to do it. Um, addiction is a real bad one. Uh, that is one that uh, when you kick it, you need to kick it. And by the way, I want to say um, that I'm so proud uh, of, um, of someone that, uh, that, that I love very dearly. That is now six years sober, no problem, no issues. He's doing great. Good job, bro. Um, my wife is another one. I'm another one. Two years come September 2nd. No ifs, ands, or buts. Done with that junk. We are not letting those spirits come back. We, we just we, we, uh, put out those arrows, those flaming arrows of the evil one on that. So here are some things that bind us. First of all, ignorance. We don't know, right? Um, however, 
and I'm sure you've heard this before, naivety of the law is no excuse. Oh, I didn't see that speeding sign back, that, that speed limit sign back there that said 55 and I was going 80, right? Oh, I didn't see that speeding sign or that, that stop sign back there, but I ran it in anyway, right? Naivety of the law, same thing. Ignorance. Ignorance is certainly not a desirable state. We don't want to be ignorant. We don't want to be dumb, right? And neither is it an excuse. Just like I said, naivety of the law. It's no excuse, right? But fortunately for us, God is patient and he's kind. And he wants the ignorant to know not only their guilt, but he wants them to repent and move towards the light, like we talked about last week. He commands that people everywhere repent. And let me tell you why and show you why. In Acts 3, 17 and 19, it says, Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, all of his prophets. And remember, when we read the Bible, we got to read the little words too, because those little words can mean so much. So this means that all of the prophets are talking about the same thing, that the Christ would have suffered and he has fulfilled what, he, what God had sent him here to save us for. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. So, we get delivered of the spirits. We kick them out. We cleanse our house. We do what we need to do. And then, times of refreshing. I guarantee it, and I know from experience, that and recent experience, because I had to deal with some things here recently, um, that when you get, when that transformation happens and you, those demons flee from you because of you stepping into the light, I'll tell you what, that is probably one of the best feelings you're ever going to have. It's going to warm your heart. It's going to fill your spirit and man, you're ready to go out and, and take on the world guarantee you that's how it's going to feel but you got to have to want it you got to ask for it it's not just going to fall in your lap right if you've got issues and problems and anxiety and 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 stress and all this and all that all of those things are spirits that are on you working in you kicking your butt okay so what we can do is we can pray we can get delivered and we can get that refreshing right if you do something and then you think oh did I just sin? Then repent immediately and don't do it again. If you know that what you are doing is a sin, flagrant flat foul, right? Easy for me, flagrant foul, right? And you know you're doing it and you know it's a sin and you keep on doing it. That's not ignorance. That is defiance. You are telling God, you are telling Jesus, eh, no big deal. I can do this. I'll take care of it later whatever. Eh, I'm done. I'm good. Thanks. That's defiance. Just like if you see a speed sign that says 55 miles an hour and you're like, eh, and you step on the gas more. That is defiance. So you are not being obedient. You are not doing the things that you should be doing to try to keep these spirits off you. But you know what? It's not you that's doing it. it we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the evil forces of what's on this earth, the spiritual forces and the evil that's in the heavenly realms. That's what we're fighting against. 
We're fighting against the spirits that Satan has planted and put out there. And everybody has, uh, or not everybody, but people have their own private little spirits and they entertain them. They absolutely entertain them and they're okay with that. But then they claim that, oh, you know, I want to, I want to be saved and I love Jesus. And so, but they keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. God does not like that. Jesus came to save you from that. So ignorance in numbers 15, 30, it says persons, no, it says, but then person who does anything presumptuously, whether he is native born or a stranger. Now they're talking about Jews and so in, in Israel. That one brings reproach on the Lord and he shall be cut off from among his people because he has despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment. That person shall be completely cut off. His guilt shall be upon him. Now I know we've all done things that we have felt guilty of, right? That's a spirit. It's on you. It's making you feel guilty. If you even think that you did something that is going to make you feel guilty or has made you feel guilty, God wants you to turn from it, repent. I thank, thank you, Lord. I repent of that. I'm not going to do it again. Walk away from it. Done. He forgives you. He already forgave you two, over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was hung up on the cross. That was totally, total salvation. He's already forgiven you. He has forgiven everyone. Everyone. Jesus did not just come for some. He came for all. But that doesn't mean we all choose him, right? So, we must all remember that Matthew 17, 7, 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate. You've heard this before. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the path and broad is the road that leads to destruction. That means that, like we talked last week, you got to stay on your little path, right? And go through the little narrow gate, because wide is the road and the path to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and what he's talking about is everlasting life right and only a few find it so the masses are on the big wide road doing what they want to do getting off the path right just do, living their fleshy life and then a lot of us or some of us a few of us are trying to walk that narrow path to get through that narrow gate to have everlasting life. And that's because we've chose Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Okay? So moving on. So um, unconfessed sin is one of those other things that that binds us. Um, my wife and I, Suzanne, have gotten really good about if we if 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 we have a little spat or we get frustrated with each other, we're really quick to um, confess our sins to each other and repent and pray for each other. Cause that's what the Lord tells us to do. Right? So Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins over 2000 years ago. And when he took all of those sins, past, present, and future onto himself, all of those final moments of his life before he said, father into your hands, I commit my spirit. And that's in Luke 23, 46. He did this so that we could confess our sins, no matter how bad that they were, and that he promised, Jesus promised us, that he would forgive us. It doesn't matter what you've done. My wife and I have done a lot of things um, during the time that we've been married that uh, would ruin, ruin marriages. And I think I've said that before. Um, luckily, 
when it got to the point in our relationship where it was just like, donezo, the good Lord stepped in. We asked for forgiveness, not only from him, but from each other. And we forgave each other. And our marriage over the last almost two years has never been better because we communicate and we are quick to forgive. We are quick to repent. We are quick to pray for each other. And because we do that, we have never been or have ever had a stronger bond together or they call it the three cord, a threefold cord, which is us, her and I and Jesus and, and just being strong and being able to fight a lot of these spirits that try to get on us. So they don't even get on us in a lot of cases. We still get some, but they, a lot of cases they don't because we are protected by the hedge of protection of Jesus himself. So unconfessed sin. When you confess sin, you are releasing from your heart and from your spirit things that God doesn't want there anyway. And he, matter of fact, he will tell you that once you confess your sin and you give it to him and you cast your cares upon the Lord and he will sustain you, he will not let his children struggle. When he does that, clean slate, right? And the angels and everyone up in heaven are singing and having a party because of what you've done. It's tough to do that too. It is very, t- especially if you have to tell somebody uh, uh, or, or confess a sin to somebody that uh, maybe it's your wife, maybe it's your husband, maybe it's your mom, you know, or your dad or your brother or your sister. And, and, and those, those are very tough sins to confess. But if you do, no matter what, and you put it in God's hands, he's going to take care of it. It might be ugly at first, but it will smooth over eventually. Right. So James five sixteen says, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Results. Sorry. So confess to each other, pray, and you're going to have wonderful results. So um, the next thing that holds us back or binds us is unbelief. Now, there is a difference between unbelief and doubt, but doubt can lead to unbelief, okay? So for most Christians, unbelief comes from fear and not doubt. Matter of fact, oh, bing, uh, my spiritual mother just told me that the other day when I told her that I had, um, you know, I was a little concerned when I was having that issue with my side that we talked about last week, um, that I had a little concern that, you know, God, I need you to step in and he wasn't stepping in fast enough for me, but you know what? God's going to work on his time. Right. So, um, but he eventually did. And again, everything was fine. Uh, but this is great because that's exactly what she said to me. I, you know, I, I, I was struggling with it a little bit, but that's anyway, that's what she said. So, um, however, we need to build our faith in him that will cancel out our unbelief. So as we build our faith, our unbelief goes down, our faith goes up, unbelief goes down, okay? Strong's definition of unbelief is, one, lacking confidence in the performer, unfaithfulness, or faithless. Two, want of faith, unbelief, weakness of faith. So then when we need to understand what faith is, faith is not a way, what, let me rephrase that. Faith is not the way we get God to work in our lives. Faith is, 
Faith is how we allow God to work in our lives. Meaning that if I'm faithful and I'm doing this and, 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 and I expect something from God, that's not the way it works. God expects me to be faithful and I'm going to continue to be faithful in him because as I'm more faithful in him, the more he's going to do for me, right? So, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who uh, commenced, uh, I'm sorry, um, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's Hebrews eleven six. So as we diligent diligently seek him and our and he and he is talking to it in our small still voice in our ears, he's giving us visions, he's showing us things, our faith is continuously going up. My faith has been skyrocketing this week because I'm hearing more from him because I've gotten rid of some of the things that were holding me back. I was bound by a few things and got rid of those things. We prayed them out. Had a really, really good uh, moment the other night, which was really good for me. And so we got those spirits out. And so when you get those spirits out and your faith is risen, he is speaking into your ear. He's speaking into your heart. Your spirit is just glowing. Um, got another story about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, but this is all great news. If we put our faith to work and we keep pulling God closer to us, then he will pull us closer to him. Even Jesus' disciples they doubted him at times. They didn't understand him at times. He would be talking in parables. They're like, what are you saying, man? And so he was like, don't worry. As your faith grows and as you learn more, you're going to understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, right? And so, but their faith grew as they continued to walk with him. And that's what Jesus asked them to do. Even in the end, when Thomas doubted until he saw him, you know, Thomas was like, I don't believe that y'all have seen Jesus. He, he was just... A little bit before Thomas came into the upper room, Jesus was there with him, right? So Thomas is like, no, I don't believe until I see it. I don't believe it. And he knew what Jesus taught him. He knew what was going to happen to Jesus. Jesus warned them all what was going to happen. And so, of course, Jesus shows up out of nowhere. Thomas turns around. He's like, uh, Lord. And he's like, look, Thomas, look at my hands. You poke your finger. Put your finger in my side. Do you now believe? And Thomas fell to his knees. Of course, he cried and said, oh, forgive me, forgive me, Rabbi. And, and, and of course, he obviously believed. But even one of his disciples, after he, Jesus had been crucified and then raised and then came back, still didn't believe. It's okay to doubt, right? However, if you feel like you're doubting, get into the word, start reading. It doesn't matter what it is. Just uh, go and say, Lord, what do you want to give me today and show me what it is that I should read and then open up the Bible and look right in there. And he is going to speak to you. He is absolutely going to speak to you somewhere on that page. God's going to speak to you. That is if you have the faith that he is going to speak to you because he speaks to you through this. He speaks to you through other people. He speaks to you through the radio. He speaks to you through all kinds of uh, forms and fashions, right? So, um, if you cannot forgive others, including yourself, which is a big one, and we talked about that, and God then cannot expect freedom. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment is poison. And unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment leads to hatred. Hatred leads to murder. And I'm not talking, I'm talking murder in your mind. 
And if you're killing people in your mind, you have committed a sin just like you did stick a knife in their heart. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. Matthew 6, 14 through 15. If you have unforgiveness or hateful thoughts towards somebody, then you know the torture it causes as it is dwelling up in your mind and building up in your heart and it eats you up inside. And God wants to help you just get rid of that by forgiving and planting in the Holy Spirit in you and then guiding you with the Holy Spirit. And that once you've done this, the healing of your scared heart can begin. Those scars in your heart can start getting filled again. We talked a little bit about that last week. And once you've done this, all of that hatred, all of that, that eagerness, all of that, that, that urgh, goes away and you feel so much better that you released all that to God. You gave it to him, you put it on his altar and let him take care of it. Okay. Um, I'm going to read this one real quick, uh, but involvement in the occult. Occultism is someone that seeks knowledge through supernatural or mystical or magical or through phenomena, or uh, in any other way, palm reading, uh, you know, uh, crystal ball, whatever that is, okay? That is relying in the occult to give you wisdom, right? It is not from God. Believe me, it is not from God. Um, there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter passed through the fire. Back in the Old Testament, they used to make their, they, to, to sacrifice to their gods, Baal. Um, they would make their kids walk through fire. And of course, they wouldn't make it to the end because they didn't have the covering of God. They didn't have the hedge of protection, right? Not very much unlike uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who got thrown in a pit of fire and, and, and they made it even hotter. They walked right out of there, okay? Nothing like that. These children burned because that's what they would sacrifice to their God's Baal. Okay. So, uh, walk through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or a soothsayer or one who interprets omens or a sorcerer or one who can conjure spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord, your God drives them out from before you. That's a Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12. So what that means is if you've ever done any of those before in your past, if you've ever played with a Ouija board, you've ever got your your uh, uh, your, your cards, you know, the tarot cards read to you, you need to be delivered of that. You need to get out of that. Once something gets in you, unless you get delivered of it, it is always in you. Unless you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart, you've been baptized, and all of those things, it is still in you. And you got to get that out. And there are all kinds of prayers, all kinds of requests you can make that, that will release you from those things. Okay. Curses. Curses are another form of how the devil can torment you. Um, we can even speak into ourselves, uh, by speaking out loud, something that that's not good. We can speak a curse into ourselves. Oh, I'm not good at doing this. You just curse yourself. Oh, you know what? Uh, I better not do that or I might get in trouble. Now you've already taught yourself, though, you're probably going to go do it, right? Don't curse yourself. What comes out of the mouth is from the heart. 
Okay. So we don't want to curse ourselves. Um, I'll read this. Generations of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Okay, Matthew 12, 34. That means if you speak it, it is. And there is not much you can do about it. So, um, I, love, I love that verse, right? Um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Again, Matthew 12, 34. Okay. Curses can also be generational. Um, and, and we're talking about generational from, you know, two, three generations above you. A lot of times alcoholism, any type of addiction. A lot of times those are generational. Oh, my dad did it. My granddad did it. His granddad did it. You know, those types of things that aren't of God can be passed down through the generations. Okay. So generational curses can also be removed from you as well. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue, pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and your descendants forever. You can be the one that breaks the generational curses that have caused your family to have issues, challenges, addictions, whatever. You can be the one to break those generational curses so they are not passed down to your kids and your kids' kids and your great-grandchildren. You can stop it right now by finding a good church to go to, by finding good people who will help you get delivered to these things and get rid of those demons that are on you. First thing you have to do is get saved. And then get baptized, get cleansed by the water, right? And then repent of those sins, get rid of them all, get them prayed out of you, get those demons out of you, and kick them to the curb and never entertain them again. That's how you can get rid of generational curses or any, any curse or any spirit. If we don't get delivered of the spirits that torment us through our ignorance or unbelief or involvement in the occult or curses, generational or whatever, and... and, and um, Freemasonry, there's, there's all kinds of, of uh, uh, fraternities, all kinds of things. We're not going to enter through a narrow gate. We have to get delivered to these things. Jesus is very specific about this. And as a matter of fact, Robert Morris says it this way. Um, and I said it last week, that our belief will get us into heaven, right? And being saved will get us into heaven. But it's the way that we live our lives that will determine how we spend eternity. And that, that hits me hard every time I think about it, every time I say it, because I want to live my life according to what the good Lord wants me to do, whatever that may be, whether it's being um, um, singing in a worship band, um, which I'm putting one together, uh, or um, uh, praying for people in a restaurant, or praying for somebody at Walmart, or, or asking somebody, you know, is there something or is there a need that you have that you need prayer for, and, 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 and giving them that prayer, giving them that opportunity, Right. Maybe even asking them, have you been saved by our Lord and Savior? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And they're like, no. Well, then let's, would you like to be? Because he can help you live the rest of eternity in the way you want to and not the way you don't want to, right? Because hell is just full of all of the tormenting spirits that have tormented all of our lives on this earth and for, the, for eternity. That's what it's going to be like. So whatever your worst fear is and all that kind of stuff, that's what's going to torment you for the rest of your life. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just it's scary, and I don't, I don't, I don't even want to deal with that. Oh.
And sorry about that. So turn from your old ways, forgive, repent, love your neighbors, love your family. Um, you're going to be welcome into the house of the Lord, find a good church. And I'm going to leave you with this Luke 13, 26 through 28. When the master of the house has locked the door, it's going to be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, Lord, open the door. Open the door for us, Lord. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. And then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me. All you who are evil, there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth for you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all of the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you will be thrown out. That's some of that black coffee that I was talking about earlier. Pastor Frankie talks about black coffee at, at times and, and, and it's true. And all the prophets of the kingdom, but you will be thrown out. That's because even if you believe you've done good things and you may have even preached his name, but you, if you don't believe it in your heart and you're just going through the motions and or you're not being obedient to what he's telling you, that broad path and that wide road gets really, really wide. And that's where your footprints are. Stay close to it. Get into a good church. Repent. Be saved. Be baptized. Right? And he will welcome you with open arms. Plant seeds. Get away from the people that are making you do the things that you don't want to be doing. There's spirits on them too. Okay? Accept him into your heart. Love him. And he's going to love you right back. So I hope this was, and this was kind of a tough one, and I understand that. But um, I just ask that you all get into a good church, and I'm going to pray for you right now. So, Lord, I just ask all the people that are viewing this, all the people that are listening to this, that their day was not only blessed by you, Lord, but that they have realized that there is a, a way to reach you, to talk to you, to have a, a relationship with you, Lord, and that they have chosen to do so. And that not only have they chosen to do so, but that they are taking that faith and they're taking that love for you and that they are sharing it with others and planting those seeds. Lord, I just ask that everybody that's listening and watching right now, that they have a blessed week and they have a blessed evening and that you give them excellent slumber and good visions and good dreams so that when we wake up in the morning, they're singing a song, a hymn, a, 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 a Christian music in their head, whatever that may be. And Lord, I just ask that you uh, continue to work in their hearts and work in their spirits. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So everybody have a great week. Give us a good like. Pass us along on Facebook. Uh, share with us and share with all those who, who, you, who you believe will watch and even those who don't, who you might not think will watch. And then we're going to do this again next week. Next week, we are going to talk about the armor of God. Unless the Holy Spirit puts something else on me, we're going to talk about the armor of God because I think everybody needs to learn what that's about 
and why Paul wrote about it. And uh, it's, it's going to be a good one. So have a great day. Have a great evening. God bless you all. My name's Scott. This is Glory to God on the Go. Give us a like, pass us along. Thanks and have a good one. Thank you.